Uh, I loved her illustration. I thought that was so good and how this packed down and how you could shake it and it would go down. But something I wanted to share that I felt like the Lord was saying to me in the midst of that, and I don't know that this is right or wrong, but it's what I felt like the Lord was sharing to me is that's about how much it takes for us. This is what we do. We do, we do just that, and God does, does that. Not, not that. Then he does that. And then he does that. Our part's so little. We fit, we, and we find ourselves so overwhelmed with our little. Don't be overwhelmed with the little. Do it. Do your part. And let God do his part. We, we want all this without doing anything. God's like, no, 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 I don't work like that. Follow my word. Do what I'm calling you to do. And this is what I'll do. I mean, just look. There's not room enough to receive it. God's got more to do on that, and there's not room enough to receive it. The blessing didn't stop. God keeps the blessing. There's not room enough. That's okay. I'll keep pouring on top. But you've got to do your part. Do your part. A big, a big saying that I feel like the Lord's really got on my heart right now is do the work. Just do the work. Let God do his part. But we want to get the blessing without the work. We can't, get the, um, we can't get the garden without the sowing the seed. But when we sow the seed, God multiplies the seed. You have no part in that. God does it. But if you don't get the seed in the ground, God can't multiply it. My message is not about giving. This is about God. This isn't just a message about giving. This is a message about the Lord. The Lord says, I've given you everything. Now go use it. And watch me bless it. Today, John chapter 10, verse 9. Um, I'm going to try it. I've been failing a lot with my phone here lately, but let's just try it. Let's see if we can get this going. I am the door. Who's the door? Everybody, who's the door? Jesus. Okay. And we're going to end doors today. I don't know if y'all realize this. This has been going on a couple, week, couple months, but today's the end. We're going to end this. The end of a thing, a thing is better than the beginning. And God's got a good word for you today. God's the, Jesus is the door. And everyone, say everyone, who comes in through me, who's me? Jesus will be saved. You've got to take the door. That's part of doing the work. Jesus says, I've got the door for you. Now you've got to take it. And if you'll take it, you'll be saved. If you don't take it, you won't. It's not God's fault. Your fault. Take some ownership and some responsibility. If parents, if people would take some responsibility, lives would be different. Instead, we just live in entitlement and think we deserve something and we're not doing anything. I don't deserve anything. Actually, I do deserve something and praise God, God doesn't give me that. Are you with me? Last time we talked about two types of freedom. Freedom from the prison of pretending Living this life of pretending, do you remember what we learned? That it's a disability when we are under the, the pressure of trying to please people. The fear of pleasing people is disabling. It's what we read from Scripture. It's a disability when we're so ca caught up with trying to please people. And then we looked at, uh, two, uh, three weeks ago, is the prison of un uh, unforgiveness. 
Am I locked up? All right, Liz, it's all yours. I'm going to let go. Now, now that's where we're going today. We're going to end with the prison of fear. It's amazing because I felt like you touched on just a little bit what we're going to talk about this morning in Sunday school. I felt like Brandon nailed what I'm going to be speaking on today is the prison of fear. Church, fear is a prison. And you may think it doesn't really apply to you, but I believe this applies to everyone. I believe somewhere down deep we are in some type of of prison because of fear. You may call it worry. You may call it anxiety. You may say, I feel anxious. You may say, I feel stressed or stressed out. But it's fear. And fear always locks us up. Fear never gives you an open life. It limits your life. Even if we were to go back to 2,000 years ago, Easter 2,000 years ago, when Jesus rose from the grave, the night... That night that Jesus rose from the grave, the disciples, they still hadn't seen Jesus. They had just heard that he had risen. And they didn't know if they could believe it or not because they hadn't seen him yet. And you know what? They were scared to death. Why? Because they had just crucified their leader. And now because they're following Christ, maybe they're going to crucify them. Can you imagine? I want you to catch this. John chapter 20, verse 19. John chapter 20, verse 19. Do you have your Bibles? Turn with me real quick. Get back in that old school habit of turning your Bibles and getting in your Bibles and marking them up and having notes because your Bibles will go home with you. It's the most powerful tool you can take home with you today is the Word of God. If you're not going home with it, you are going home um, in bad shape for the battle that you have for the week. In a, ill-equipped? I don't know how to, how do we phrase it. But okay, John chapter 20, verse 19. This is the first day, Easter Sunday, a couple thousand years ago. Jesus had risen, but it says that evening... The disciples, that's the people that were following Jesus, the disciples met behind locked doors out of fear. Do you catch that? They met behind locked doors out of fear. I believe they're thinking, you know what, our our leader's gone and maybe they're going to get us. But then it says, suddenly Jesus stood among them. Remember, the doors were locked. And all of a sudden, Jesus is there. What happened? I believe he appeared. I don't believe he walked through a door. I don't think he had to do that. I think he just appeared. And he said, peace be with you. Now, that would scare me to death. (laughs) The doors were locked out of fear. Listen to me, church. Fear always locks doors. I want you to think about your own personal life, your emotional life, your, your physical life, your spiritual life. Fear locks doors. We say to ourselves, I will never let another person hurt me like that again. Can I encourage you? That's not a smart decision, that's a prison. I will never let another person get close to me like that again. It hurts too much. 
I know this is kind of cliche, but church, love hurts. Love hurts. You can't love without hurt. There's no such thing as love without hurt. It's a part of love. So you say, well, then how do I stop the hurt? You die. That's when it stops. You're going to have some hurt the rest of your life because this is a broken planet. And there's sin in this world. But you're just going to compound it when you allow yourself to be in a prison of fear. When you have locked out your life because of fear. Some of you have locked out God out of your life because of fear. And you don't need to be afraid of God. I mean, literally, cliche again, he loves you. God loves you more than anyone else will ever love you. More than any woman will ever love you. More than any man will ever love you. And he'll never love you more than he loves you right now. Never. It's unconditional. It's not based on what you do. You can't make God love you more. You can't make God love you less. You can try, but you'll fail because God's love is not based on what you do. It's not the point of this message, but if this is the only point you get, this is enough. God's love is not based on what you do. It's based on Him. It's who He is. Think about that for just a, just a minute. When we say that God, God is love, that, that's just an expression that I think that we have become calloused to. And we need that callous remove. I have this, I got cut one time. And it's kind of formed, it's kind of gross. I don't know if it's some type of, just a callus or a wart or what it is. I've tried to have it freezed off. I've tried to cut it off. I've done lots of funny stuff to try to get rid of it. Um, but, but it's calloused up. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> where, where am I going? I'm sitting here picking at it and thinking, how, how do I get rid of it? I forgot what I was going to say. I will. Oh, um, well, I'm starting to remember. <laughs> anyway, God, God is love. Oh, um, I, I can't remember. I, keep, I, get, I get a glimpse and then it's like, nope, it's gone. Gone again. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's gone. Where I was trying to get to, I don't know how I was getting there, is when, when we see that God is love and if we can allow that to really become a, a part of, of our belief system, it also makes me want to think, what am I? Those around me would tell, could tell me. Whether I believe it or not, those around me could tell me what I am. To be honest with you, I'm kind of getting conviction now just because Elizabeth and I laid in bed last night talking about how I respond to her conversations. And basically, she's telling me what I am. Now, she didn't say it quite like that. You're a whatever, but... The thing that you need, you, you need to get to, or our goal is to get to, is to really know God. We're talking about fear. We're talking about the prison of fear. And it is a lack of knowing God and knowing who you are in God. 
fear is an absence of God. It says that perfect love casts out all fear. God is love. If we have God, we have love, which in turn casts out fear. So when fear is present in my life, God is absent. Can anybody follow that? It's not a whole general God's gone. Nope, God will never leave me nor forsake me. But in my situation, I'm not allowing God to have a part in this. I'm having a part in this and I find myself in fear, which then puts me in prison, which then puts up walls and keeps people away. Literally keeps salvation away. Me being saved from what I'm going through, it it puts up walls from that. So you don't need to be afraid of God. God is love, but maybe you've locked him out of your life. Well, I want to ask you, if you were to get a phone call tomorrow saying you had some type of inoperable tumor, some type of devastated, devastating thing that happens in your life, I can tell you what the first reaction, what the, the first reaction should be turning to God, but our first reaction typically is fear. So today I want to just give you a couple steps for when you get that first initial thing that happens, or maybe you're still walking through something that you're so caught up in fear in, I want to try to give you some steps of how to walk out of it. You can go out of here, you can write the steps down, you can agree with it, and you can cheer and say, yeah, that was good, but then you can leave it here and then not do it. The point is to go do it. The point of your giving, the point of God blessing you is to follow God's word And we don't even have to hold him to his word. He will be faithful to his word. Now, I like to hold him to his word because it helps me to remember God said he would do it. I did my part. Now, he just did it. What does that do? It increases my faith and causes me to be ready for the next challenge. So God gives us the reward of the things when we do his word. He tells us what to be looking for so that we don't give something else credit for what he did. God tells us, this is how to know it's me. So if you're sitting here living in fear, I want to give you a couple steps of how to walk out of it. Now, your part is to walk out of it. Everybody say amen. Okay. We get that first word. And I want you to know, coming out of fear, isn't, you're not going to get it out of a self-help book. Jesus says, I'm the door. I'm the door. How does he help us break out of prison? I can tell you that so many things in mine and Elizabeth's life get turned upside down overnight. But I want to give you six resources. Number one, God's presence has always been with me. I can feel him. Because I've depended on his presence for decades. Jesus is not some kind of distant God. Now I can find myself distant, but that's not because of God. The moment I want to get close to him again, he's there. He's waiting for me. Pete, where are you? Easy. Come up here. That's what I want you to share real quick. Do you know what I'm talking about? Take it easy. No. No. No, the word easy. That's what, it's what you said to me on the uh, uh, swing. Thought it was easy. Okay. Go. <laughs> so I went to Frontier Ranch, which is in Colorado, for three weeks to go serve and be a lifeguard at this camp. And at this camp, I 
kind of found what it means to actually have a quiet time, which I never really knew what it meant to do it and what it means to actually just sit there and you're actually looking for them, you know? Um, didn't realize that. And so as I was sitting on top of uh, our slide up at the camp, I just started praying as I was reading through um, my Bible and just out of nowhere, just felt his presence drop down on top of that slide and just thought like, this is, this is so cool that I can just sit here and do this all day. Um, and so as the week, it was, this all happened within the last week I was there. And so within that last week being there, um, I would go up on top of that slide and the same thing would happen again and again. And it was, it was, so, it was so cool. <laughs> Freaking cool is what I was about to say. I'm sorry, buddy. But on that last night that I was there, that Friday night, I, our camp speaker asked us to go walk around for 15 minutes as these kids were really just debating on whether or not they wanted to ask Jesus into their hearts. Um, and he asked us to go around and just be praying about that. So I walk over and find a wonderful spot just to get to sit on a porch and look out on the mountains and the stars and uh, just started praying again and out of nowhere just felt him come down again and that's when I just realized that it's supposed to be this easy for me to just sit there and be able to find him and not have to just like, like I feel like the picture that I put in my head was that I had to be like knee deep in worship just like calling out his name like where are you come down but like it's supposed to be that easy like he's already there he's just looking for us to come to him sorry that's awesome kids will be kids (laughs) easy God did not make his way to him hard doesn't mean it's not dying to yourself or getting away for yourself and just slowing everything down and seeking after him. But I want you to know the moment we get into his word and start following his word, he comes. He, he is watching over his word, waiting to perform it. That breakthrough that you're, wait, you're waiting for, I want you to know he is waiting for you. He is waiting for you. So first of all, God's presence. Second of all, I've got a history of watching God work. How many of you have had God do things in your life? If you've never had God do anything in your life, get around some of these people and listen to their stories because I've got stories, my wife's got stories, our worship team has stories. We've got so many stories of breakthrough, of things that have happened financially, jobs, health, family, relationships. Once I begin to remember what it is that God's done in my life or God's done through your life, I can believe for what I'm about to face. All of a sudden, the things that I'm fearing because I hear these testimonies of these things that can be done, the fear starts to kind of find its way away. Church, are you here? Third, A third door out of fear. 
is the promises of God's Word. There are so many songs. We even sang this morning that we sing all the time. There's so much in worship. What's, what you need to make sure that you're doing is when you're wor- listening to worship music, make sure it's got the Word in it. If not, it's, a way, it's, it's just enjoying, it's just music. You're just enjoying music. I don't think that's wrong. But if you're worshiping, make sure it's the word. So I want to encourage you that there are so many promises of God. And so I refer back to when Ruth Ann was five years old. It was the young lady that was singing right here. And she had this motorcycle accident. And I was helpless had this huge swelled up face and I'm just like, this could be permanent. And I'm the one that put her on a motorcycle at five years old. I did that. And I'm running with her and she got out of my hands, out of my grasp. I tried to pull her off by her hair. I would have done anything to get her off the motorcycle. And she was locked up screaming, daddy. And I'm screaming, Jesus. I get so emotional telling this again and again. But she fell off, injured herself, I thought permanently. And all I could do as I was praying, taking her to the emergency room was, God, you're just gonna have to show us how great you are. And let me remember how great you are. Start saying these words of of these promises that God has for me. And I want you to know, those of you that are believing for your kids, one promise I will tell you over and over and over is that your seed shall possess the gates of the enemy. I don't know if you know that word, but that's a blessing of Abraham that we come under. Well, you can read in Galatians uh, in the New Testament about how the blessings of Abraham are for us. And that this, my seed shall possess the gates of the enemy. And that's one of the words I could say when we were driving. I didn't say it out loud, but buddy, I'm praying like crazy by, uh, under my own breath. Desperate because I'm helpless. I can't stand to be helpless. But I found myself helpless. And instead of going into a hole, I just started praying. That's one of the few times that I've got it right. And God did it. You can't even tell anything ever happened. Why? I, I don't know. She's, she, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, God's so good. But the problem is when we hit rock bottom, it's not the promises of God we start shouting. It's fear. It's fear that we buy into. As Brandon said, he was believing a lie. And fear causes us to start to believe those things and grab hold of them. And what's happening? The bars of the prison start to get laid. And you're not getting out of them. You cannot get out of a prison of fear except by the blood of Jesus. The promises of God's word. Psalm 119, verse 49. Remember your promises to me, O Lord. It is my only hope. Your promises revive me. It comforts me in all my trouble. Can I tell you, memorize God's promises and speak them over your, over your life. Fourth door is worship. Worship the Lord. It says that um, the, put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garments of praise will break that heaviness. I can't tell you how many times in my life that when I was in an absolute hole, that if I would just start praising the Lord, that heaviness would lift. Fifth is the church. One of the most effective things that I've had in my life is if I would share what I'm going through 
get around other godly people that have testimony and have the Spirit of God in them, they will defeat that word quickly. In a loving way, not in a judgment way, but say, wait a minute, that's not right. What you're believing is not right. And let me tell you why it's not right. And we'll start quoting God's scripture. We'll start quoting testimony. And next thing you know, you're, you're grabbing hold of the fact that I'm believing a lie. Keep coming, we keep coming back to VBS and little uh, uh, Asher Ross. And he, his little expression was, that's a lie. <laughs> and I want you to know, even though what he was saying was hilarious, but it, was, it wasn't necessarily true what, in his phrasing, it's still very important that we confess what I'm believing in my heart, what Brandon was feeling in my heart, this rejection that I'm feeling is a lie. And I've got to get around other believers to be able to say, hey, that's not right. Uh, I think Elizabeth said last week, we are um, not beautifully and wonderfully made. We are No, the first word's a little, I've got it, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I can tell you, many of you come in here and don't feel that at all, but that's what God says, and you need to get around the right people to start building the right foundation, rip up that wrong foundation and start building the right foundation. And church, even though we can be in the word and we can be in the spirit and we can be singing the songs, you remove the body from that and you're missing that piece. Part of you building the right foundation includes the body. Christ said he is coming back for the church. You need to be engrafted in the word and you need to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen. And finally, I'm not afraid because I know God has a plan for me and I know that plan is good. God's plan for me is good. And we learned in Sunday school today that part of your history, the things that you've gone through, the hell that you've been through, the challenges and the mistakes and the failures is part of God's good plan if you will start walking with him now. It says, uh, it says that God, in Romans 8, 28, that God works everything for good. Everything. You may say, there is no way God can work what I've, what's happened to me for good. That's what I'm saying. As devastating as it was, as devastating as it is, you may be at a point right now that you'd say, I don't believe that. I would hope that you would be honest enough to say something like that. That's not wrong. Pastor, I love God. I asked him into my heart when I was whatever age. I've been baptized. I've done all this stuff. But that one, I don't believe. Okay. That doesn't affect me. That just shows me you're going to have some revelation coming. When that revelation comes, you're going to be a different person. But right now we need to walk together. We need to walk together. We need to walk in the word. We need to walk in faith. We need to start building. We need to redo this foundation. Because when we get this foundation right, your life is going to be different. And you're going to see that the stuff that you've walked through is going to be a part of your tools for helping other people to have incredible breakthrough. Joyce Meyer, her being uh, abused as a child, is the tools in her belt that is setting people free every single day. Now, is what she went through good? No. 
What she went through was bad. It was demonic. It was from the pit of hell. But it is the tools that she has now to set people free. It's her testimony. It's her story. You know what your power is? Is your story. Your story is going to set people free. But what you've got to do is you've got to take the door. The door is Jesus. God has a good plan for you. And it's a plan with a hope and a future. And the way he's going to make that is out of what you've come through. We read this morning in Corinthians that the way you're going to minister is based on the things that you've been through. Where God has helped you through those things, you're going to help people get through those things. That's your story. My story is what God uses. So I want to encourage you, this prison of fear, it says in in Scripture that it is through love. Let's just, I'll end with this one. Um, 1 John 4, 16 and 18. 1 John 4, 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And then verse 18, there is no fear. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out all fear. If you would say, Pastor, I'm someone that is, that is um, under the, the burden of a, a spirit of fear. Okay. I want you to know that that is going to have to be driven out. It's not just going to go away. It's going to have to be cast out. It is going to take a lot of effort. Do the work. Do the work. Get in the word. Get connected to the body. Let us as a body start talking to you about the plans God has for you. If you'll get around me, I can't help it. I'll start to see what you're good at. And I'll start to tell you. And I'll start to encourage you. And I'll walk with you. But you've got to get around other people. You've got to get around the Spirit of God. You've got to stop what you're doing and go sit up on top of a slide with the Word of God and start praying and asking for the presence of the Lord to come. And He'll come. There's no fear in love. So I just want to encourage you for a minute about these doors, these doors of pretending, these doors of unforgiveness, these doors of fear. Would you take the right door? Jesus says, I am the door, and anyone who comes in through me will be saved. Come in through him. God loves you. God has a plan for you. Acts 10, 35 Acts 10, 35. It makes no different where you are or where you're from. Doesn't matter your racial background. Doesn't matter your religious background. Doesn't matter what you've done in your life, bad or good. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. Will you pray with me? I just encourage you just to pray with me. God, I'm tired and I'm tired of pretending. 
I'm tired of pleasing people. I'm tired of stress. This is a big one for me. I'm tired of perfectionism. Trying to be perfect when I can't be. God, I'm tired of holding on to hurt. Memories that just continue to cause pain in my life. And Father God, I want to let that go. God, you know the secret fears in my life of being found out, of being exposed. The fear that somebody, if they really knew me, wouldn't like me. The fear of rejection. Maybe the fear that I'm never going to get married or never going to meet that right person. Lord, I bring all these things to you that imprison me. Things I've been ashamed of and regrets and resentments and worries. And Lord, I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to live a life of freedom. Father God, today I want to walk through the door of freedom, the door that your son Jesus Christ has given me. And your word says the door is open. Well, Father God, I'm going to walk through it. Today, as much as I know how, Jesus, I just say I want to follow you. Come into my life and fill me with your love, your spirit of love. And Father God, push all that fear out. Push all that pain out and fill me with a new sense of hope. Father God, I want to walk through the doors of this plan that you have for me. These opportunities, and I don't want to live in prison anymore. Jesus, I'm asking you today to save me. Save me. Right now, in Jesus' name, I just break a spirit of fear. And I lose a, a spirit of peace and love and a sound mind. God, that's your promise. Fill us with your love. Fill us with your spirit. Father God, help me to get connected to the body. And God, help me to be a good part of that body, but also to receive. To serve and to receive. Give me breakthrough. Help me to walk it out this week. Just thank you, Lord God. Now, Lord, give us a great week. Father, I pray for hundreds to be saved through uh, Vacation Bible School. We don't have to be able to explain where they come from. You just send them. Equip us to minister to these kids. And Lord, let us minister to each other at the same time. It always happens. The adults get as much ministry as the kids do. Help us to lock arms and to serve together, to work hard together. But God, give us a great reward. And that is people coming into your kingdom. Thank you, Father, for our church. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen.